Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, that was bizarre, and that was a departure from the last time that the 49ers and the Packers faced off at Levi Stadium. And I'm talking a polar opposite departure. If you remember in 2019, the 49ers hosted Green Bay twice. They just destroyed them both times. Second time being in the NFC Championship game, Rowdy Stadium, probably the best environment we'd ever seen at Levi Stadium, and it wasn't competitive. Well, on Thursday night, same spot, a lot fewer fans, no fans, in fact, empty stadium. It also wasn't competitive, but in the other direction. Green Bay beats the 49ers 34-17, to but we have to say right from the top, this was a 49ers team that was a shell of its former self. No skill position players starting offensively, from the quarterback to the running backs to the receivers. The 49ers were on technically their sixth option of the season at center in Daniel Brunskill. And Matt, I'm sure you'll delve into the five preceding options, but they made a switch there. They didn't have, you know, any of their frontline edge rushers. And Nick Bosa's the the guy who single-handedly made Green Bay's great offensive line look terrible last season. Well, all of a sudden the offensive line was awesome and Aaron Rodgers was too. And uh, they didn't have a lot more guys. They had players watching and talking about the game on Instagram Live because they weren't allowed in the facility. And Debo Samuel, and he was talking with Reem Mostert. It was crazy. You could almost field an entire roster with the guys who didn't play in this game. And it would be an all-star roster, too. It would be a Pro Bowl team. Were there any star guys in the building? Well, there were, but they were uh, in green and yellow. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams were the only stars in the field. 49ers could only counter with Nick Mullins and River Craycraft. I'm being a little bit facetious considering that Richie James had the game of his life in this game, but um, it wasn't nearly enough. I mean, the, the Packers were never threatened in this game. And it just showed you, it underscored just the contrast between last year's games and this year's. It just underscored how ravaged this team is. One of Kyle Shanahan's first questions, and I, th- I thought it was a, a good one, I thought it was an apt one, was should this game have been played? I mean, that's how bad injuries and COVID have hit the 49ers. And if you go day by day this week, it was just one gut punch after another for the 49ers. Monday was the day that they learned that George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo would be, you know, put on IR, maybe done for the season for both of them. Tuesday was the only full practice of the week, and that's when Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne both had, you know, big roles. They were going to have starring roles in the uh, offensive game plan. Then Wednesday morning, the 49ers learned that uh, Bourne has tested positive for COVID-19. And then Wednesday afternoon, they learned that Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Trent Williams had close contact with Bourne, so they're out. So, I mean, it totally knocks them off balance. Almost to their credit, especially uh, Richie James's credit, they were able to kind of stick with the same game plan and go through with it. 
But it's uh, an unprecedented week, an incredible week for them. And, um, you know, the result of this game is exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, they just plugged Richie James into Brandon Ayuk's spot because, remember, it's also a short week, right? That Thursday game creates a ton of headaches to begin with, and then you had the entire roster or whatever remained of the roster and the frontline players wiped out by uh, that positive COVID test, and you also had to have the facility not evac. I guess evacuated. Yeah, they had all. Yeah, they all had to clear the facility. Couldn't get the normal workflow done. Kyle Shanahan had to work from home again, and it got to the point where yeah, there was no time to install a new game plan. So they just decided to plug and play with uh, Richie James. But they're on the field early before the game. Thursday with wide receiver coach Wes Welker installing the final touches with the replacement receivers. So during pregame warm-up, they're going over stuff that normally you go through at practice during the week. That's how much of a scramble the 49ers were in this game. So you look at that, you consider, yes, Green Bay does have a bad defense, but still, nine catches, 184 yards, and a touchdown for Richie James. He actually outperformed statistically Devontae Adams, who had 10 catches for 173 yards and a touchdown. That's why the box score lies a little bit, right? You say, oh, look at Richie James, huge game. Yes, it was a big game, but boy, the first thing you have to talk about is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams just torching the 49ers on the other side. Yeah, if you started Richie James in your fantasy league. Uh, props to you. Congratulations. That was inspired. Um, but you're right. I mean, a, a lot of those yards came, you know, after this game was was well out of hand. But just look at the four receivers who were up. I mean, Richie James was the most talented of that group. After that, it's uh, River Craycraft uh, got the start, along with uh, Trent Taylor, who again didn't do very much in this game. He didn't have very many opportunities. A lot of the balls that went to Taylor's in Taylor's direction were very much off target, but he really hasn't been the, the receiver we thought he was going to be this year. And then the last guy was Kevin White, and even Troy Aikman on, on the telecast said, he expected Kevin White, just given his pedigree, given his background, to have a more prominent role in this game. And he barely was on the field. So I don't know what's up there. I mean, I think if, if you're not playing in this game, that says a lot about your standing on the team. So, Dennis, what did you see from this game? Did you notice any energy issues with this team, uh, given the fact that it, it was a short week and that they are dealing with all these injuries? It was tough to watch this football game because of the offensive line play and the defensive line play. It just wasn't up to par. You know, I know school is a guy that's still kind of learning that position new to him, just kind of jumped in there uh, this week after the COVID, but they were taking turns on him and he was getting his quarterback pounded the entire night. And the defensive line was tough to watch because they couldn't get off blocks. The run game was whatever it was, four or five yards, a pop. I just think in the trenches, they really got beat up in the trenches again for the second week in a row. So I know it was tough with the injuries, first of all, which are your weapons on the perimeter. Like you guys were just talking about, Richie James had a fantastic game. I know Kyle Shanahan was was challenged because his whole game plan was kind of thrown, thrown away after the COVID hit losing some of those guys. Well, it definitely does come back down to the trenches, and that's what's crazy about the turnaround and the fact that in the NFL, it's not for long, right? You can have insane success against the team, and the 49ers absolutely spanked the Packers on both trenches last year, both sides of the line of scrimmage. They were awesome against Green Bay in 2019, and all of a sudden we're talking about them getting whipped on both sides in this game. And, you know, you could go back to the NFC Championship game where the 49ers had 
what, what, 300 rushing yards, averaging 6.8 yards a pop, just mauling Green Bay. Today they couldn't do that same thing. And the fact that Trent Williams uh, was a, a fairly late scratch from this game uh, I think contributes to that. So does the fact that the offensive line is in, in a messy spot when it comes to the interior. And uh, they had to move Daniel Brunskill to center. I thought he did fine for the 49ers. But as Dennis said, Justin School definitely did not do fine. And on the other side, uh, the, the mighty 49ers defense of the past, I think with each passing game, we see Nick Bosa's value grow. I mean, we knew that Nick Bosa was one of the best players in football, but I can't think of a more stark juxtaposition than Aaron Rodgers last season against the 49ers when that pass rush was coming at him full throttle. Nick Bosa was you know, the main piece of that, Aaron Rodgers averaged 1.9 net yards per pass attempt. That's when you factor in the sacks against the 49ers last year. That was the least efficient performance of his career. You take both sides of the lineup. I know you've also lost to Forrest Buckner, and obviously D. Ford's not in there. But that, that game last season, the first one where Rodgers was so bad, they didn't have D. Ford for that one either. So it's essentially Bosa and Buckner not being there. All of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers can bake five cakes in that pocket, <laughs> 25 of 31, 305 yards, and four touchdowns. So that's an absurd difference, and it's because the 49ers don't have that same talent up front. Last year, it was uh, Nick Bosa who was gobbling up backup uh left tackles on the Packers and this year it's it's the opposite it was uh, Justin School who's being victimized by the Packers pass rushers you know one of the the repercussions of not having Nick Bosa there and, and also not having D Ford and not having Ronald Blair is that Eric Armstead if you'll remember led the team in sacks last year Every one of those sacks came when he lined up at defensive tackle. He's having to play a lot more defensive end this year. I counted it up in the last game. He, he played something like uh, 52 snaps, and only seven of them were at defensive tackle. So he does a good job as a base defensive end, but he's not a speed rusher. He's not like he's not built like Bosa or certainly D Ford. So he's not going to get a lot of sacks, and he, and he hasn't been. I watch him fairly closely, and I think he's having a good season. He's he's playing exactly like he did a year ago. He's very smart, crashes down on, on the running game when the when the play is to uh, the opposite side of the line. He's really good at sniffing out screens and other kind of trickery. Uh, he's very aware, studies a lot of film, but he's missing his, his mates. He's missing Bosa. He's missing Buckner. He's missing Ford. Um, and the result of that is that he's not really always playing in the best spot for him, which is, you know, rushing as a, as a pass rusher, taking advantage of, uh, of guards and centers on third downs. And the result is that the 49ers don't really get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I think Kerry Hyder leads the team with four and a half sacks. That's, that's pretty, it's pretty pathetic, except, uh, especially for this defense, which, uh, like I said, feasted on Aaron Rodgers and those guys last year. Eric Armstead is, is getting a lot of flack now because of the big contract, and that's what happens when you sign a big contract. I just understand that Eric Armstead played so well last season was first because he was in the right position. When you look at him, you know, with his height and his long arms, and he looks like a basketball player, you wouldn't think of him as an interior pass rusher, but that's what he does really well. 
But last season, he had bookends and offenses were, were trying to figure out how you're going to chip a D Ford or how you're going to block Bosa on the other side. And then Eric Armstead was, was pretty much, and he had a default in the middle and, you know, you're trying to block him. And then he was kind of isolated. So it, it's all kind of changed. And I think when offensive linemen look at the best defensive linemen, they think of Eric Armstead. So he's getting a lot of attention. He's, you're right. He's playing really well. Uh, he's, he seems to be a step behind a little bit. But he definitely played well last season because he had he was surrounded uh, by some pretty great players. He led the team in sacks. I think he probably led the defensive line in tackles because he was that one guy that the offenses didn't think of. Now, this year, everyone's kind of focusing on him and kind of neutralizing him. Uh, and he's got to step he's got to step up his game because when you get those big contracts, I mean, you have to lead that defensive line now. It's just part of the game. You think about the, those two games last year against Green Bay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked rattled tonight. He was very comfortable. He, it was like pitch and catch. It was very simple. I mean, it, it was some busted coverages. But a lot of those passes, it was just kind of, you know, get out the pocket. And then, you know, when he's scrambling for that first down, you see Kinlaw taking a bad angle. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is what, 46, 36 years old? <laughs> and he outran this young rookie. So, I mean, that just shows you just don't have that talent up front anymore. You know, in week 12 last year when Green Bay first came to Levi Stadium, I don't remember the exact stat, but I believe that all but two of Aaron Rodgers' passes uh, – didn't travel beyond like two or three yards uh, past the line of scrimmage. That's how dominant the 49ers pass rush was. They essentially cornered Green Bay into the game plan of just quick screens to Devontae Adams. And then the linebackers and the DBs flowed and smothered Devontae Adams. There was a lot of sacks. I think the first third down of the game was uh, a Fred Warner blitz and a strip sack and Nick Bosa recovered it. And the 49ers were off from there, but but the point is that in Rodgers' least efficient performance of his career, the 49ers were just so smothering up front that those long, deep passes that he's so good at just uh, didn't have a chance to develop because the offensive line would be right on him. Same thing happened in the first half of the NFC Championship game as well. Then when the 49ers you know, moved into a softer zone, uh, Rodgers did uh, get a few downfield shots, but by that point, the 49ers were already up 27-0. So you're just operating with a totally different football team when that pass rush is is not there. And uh, 49ers are just learning the hard way. The NFL goes full circle, and this year especially, uh, I don't think they were expecting to be as shorthanded as they were early in the week, but that whole COVID thing knocked out some – really important pieces of their game plan, including the left tackle. And Matt, I think it's important to talk about the other side of the ball as well. Justin School, as Dennis mentioned earlier, did not look good. That center position uh, is a long-term issue now for the 49ers. We don't even know if Weston Richburg is going to be back this season for them. or you know, it's That's a serious injury he suffered, and that keeps on getting pushed further back and further back and uh it's it's just a mess for the 49ers up front at this point it's the interior line that got Jimmy Garoppolo initially injured remember in in week two when Quinn and Williams came in and got got him on that high ankle sprain and it's obviously a position of extreme importance to Kyle Shanahan given the money that 
you know, his former team, the Falcons, paid for Alex Mack and, and the money that he paid for Western Richburg with the 49ers, and yet they still don't have any stability at center. And obviously today they're really missing left tackle. That offensive line is going to have to turn around, I think, if this team is going to turn around either this season or next season. Yeah, you mentioned Western Richburg's injury issues uh, and, and touched on his salary issues. Uh, you know, they, they, they just traded Quan Alexander, a guy who is going to make a lot of money n- next year. Uh, we've been talking about Deep Ford's uh, shaky future with his team, given his salary. Uh, Weston Richburg falls into the same category. I'm not sure the 49ers want to pay him what he's uh, due to make, just given the fact that he just can't stay on the field. And he's got a serious uh, patellar tendon issue right now. I mean, that's that's a hard injury to come back from. Um, he, he It was almost uh, a year ago now that he suffered it. I think we're on 11 months or so. So... You're absolutely right. I mean, center is a huge, huge uh, piece of the puzzle uh, for the future that the 49ers need to, to answer. I wonder whether, given next year's salary cap and how low it's going to be, whether the 49ers would just go with, with Ben Garland as as the starter and, and try to find some guys around him. I don't think Garland is going to command very much on the open market, given uh, his pedigree and his and his age, and you know the, the 49ers marched through the playoffs last year with Ben Garland as the center, so he's done very well. Uh, but you're right, uh, you, you said it earlier. Uh, Daniel Brunskill is the sixth choice at that position. Western Richburg's one, Garland's two. Uh, the 49ers went into training camp thinking a guy named Jake Brendel could be number three. He opted out for, for COVID reasons uh, before the season even began. Then they signed a veteran, Spencer Long, and, and he was in training camp for a couple of days. Yeah, and he, uh, he decided, yeah, he decided to retire. And that's when they, uh, they signed Ronis Grassou, who struggled mightily uh, in Seattle. I mean, you never see uh, a, a team switching centers in a short week. And that's what the 49ers did. So... Some of the big changes that they were dealing with in this short week were COVID-related. Some of them were injury-related. This is one that they sort of brought on themselves. Uh, you know, somebody decided that they didn't like Grassou, uh and the way he played the last couple of games, and they, they decided to, to yank him out of there. And they put uh, Brunskill, who'd never started a game at center, uh, there, and then uh, moved Tom Compton into right guard. So uh, things are in a state of flux. That's one of the answers the 49ers need to figure out over these last seven games, uh, that, that's one of several questions. Um, you know, th- that's going to be a theme, I think, for this team, is uh, what are you going to be able to solve over these last seven games? Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. 
Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. You're right. There's a lot of a lot of questions on both sides of the ball. I don't think the 49ers have any cornerbacks after this season under contract. That's a situation you got to attack. You know, you've got a lot of things on this team, and it, it sounds like we're talking about a team that didn't go to the Super Bowl last season. But there's there's a lot of questions on this on this football team, and and this football team doesn't have you know much money to go out and kind of fill some of these holes right now. John Lynch, he's got a you know he's he's got a hefty task ahead of him, but you know, moving forward, I mean, this is what you got. And you, now you have to go into New Orleans next week and you have to play another Hall of Fame quarterback. So you got Russell Wilson, you play one week, you play Aaron this week. Now you've got Drew Brees next week. And, you know, on the defensive side, you got to figure it out. And, and you know, you got another good pass, outside pass rusher coming up this week. And, you know, you know your, your tackle's going to be back, but still that interior part of that line has to play better. And it's just strange to me that we're we're talking about, you know, some of the the shortcomings on this football team when last year this team at this time, I think week 9 was their first loss. You know, they were 8-0 and it's just a, it's just a different team and it's tough like I said, it, it was tough to be at Levi's tonight and watch this team just really kind of get swamped on. Yeah, I mean, we could put it bluntly, they've just been completely ravaged by either injuries or a combination of injuries and and the COVID list this week, so it really was a different team. And you could just the n- numbers are staggering. Three starters on offense played today. No skill position players uh, for, for 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 the offense that were frontliners. You know, they most of these guys were practice squad call ups. Uh, and and of course, Bosa's worth uh, I don't know five players on defense. It's just staggering how much of an impact that guy had pushing pockets. So, I mean, if you're the 49ers, you look at this in the big picture. Just as we wrap up, can you make the playoffs still? Yes, but right now it's a week to week grind. It's a week to week fight. So maybe they find a way to you know they get Trent Williams and their receivers back next week, and they, they catch lightning in a bottle with a good game from Nick Mullins control the ball a bit, make the defense look better. Maybe they can beat a Saints team that wasn't that isn't as good as it was last season. Probably not, but that's what the 49ers are banking on. If that happens, you're 5 and 5, you're heading into the bye. This is actually the start of a 24-day stretch in which the 49ers play only one game. So, there is some wound-licking time right now, right, Matt? Uh, if if they can get a win in New Orleans, they could potentially get a little bit healthier. And then you're looking at the stretch run of the season where maybe they can sneak into the playoffs. I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle might be back in December. If you're looking at this season, that's the way that you have to approach it optimistically. But if you're looking big picture, uh, it's going to be uphill sledding. And then uh, you just have to hope that you're healthier come 2021 yeah they need to sneak out this way in in, uh in new orleans and and that's what it would be um you know going into the bye they'd have a little bit of a a tailwind there um jordan reed the tight end got a few snaps today Uh, that that was that was the game plan from the get-go the 49ers didn't want to 
push him too hard and risk aggravating that uh, that knee injury. But he should be more full go in New Orleans. Um, Kyle Shanahan said he hoped to have Debo Samuel back from his hamstring. Of course, Brandon Ayuk and, and Kendrick Bourne should be back as well. So at least that, that pass-catching unit um, should be uh, whole again. And Trent Williams, let, let's not forget about him, will be protecting the, the blind side. And, and the blind side was a huge issue for, for poor Nick Mullins today. Uh, Dennis mentioned it. The guy was being slammed all, all game. Uh, so all of those things should make for uh, a more competitive team. And, um, you know, if they do win in New Orleans against a good Saints team, <laughs> the whole tenor of the fan base is going to shift. They'll, they'll start to think, huh, I wonder whether this, that, and the other happens, the, the 49ers can make a run. Of course, we have to get there first, but uh, I think the 49ers, at least Dennis, will have a, a fair shot at it. Uh, next Sunday in New Orleans. And that's only because you're going to have your weapons back. You have your blindside tackle. You have your, your perimeter guys. And, and Kyle can get a little a little more creative with his offense. But this is your defense, though. I mean, Nick Bosa's not coming back. D Ford's probably not coming back. Richard Sherman's not coming back. This is your defense that you saw in this field tonight. And uh, this is what you're going to go in New Orleans with. And this is what you're going to probably finish the season with. So... That's my concern. On the offensive side, I think with Kyle and his, and his play calling abilities, I think he can keep it creative and put some points on the board. But this is your defense. And I watched that interior line, and they were just getting mauled. And I think playoffs are way down the line. But they've, they've got to get a lot better on the defensive side. If they're not going to pressure the quarterback, you got to be able to dissect plays, and you got to make plays in the backfield. And you got to get these teams in third and long so you can try to get some type of blitz package going yeah the, the inherent problem defensively goes back to the line you can't generate pressure with four so robert sala's got a limited amount of bullets per game right uh blitz wise and i think that the key there is just that the offense has to control the ball to limit the exposure of the defense because then robert sala can use his blitzes efficiently and and hopefully for the 49ers sake make a few stops but the longer that defense is out on the field the more exposed they are because Salah might have two or three blitzes a game that really impact and confuse an experienced quarterback. And once that defense is out there for 60 to 70 plays, they're out of luck. And and I think we saw that today. Green Bay just started racking up possession. A Richie James holding penalty set the 49ers back. Then Mullins threw the pick off of the pressure against school. And it, and it just got ugly. So it's a complimentary football domino effect or – I guess a lack of complimentary football. But we'll talk to you guys in the middle of next week to see if the 49ers are mending a little bit, if they get you know these receivers and Trent Williams back from the COVID list. And if that's the case, I think next week's game in the Superdome at New Orleans should be much more watchable than this Thursday. Let's hope for that. Anyway, for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you guys next time.